Hi, Suspect listeners. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining me today. I hope everybody listening had a great week and that you're all currently out living your best lives on this Friday night. It is Friday night and I am sitting at home recording this for you guys. I'm not much of a, you know, go out kind of person. I feel like that's when bad things tend to happen or occur or when you're away from the home more so often than when you're just sitting at your house, you know, but especially here in Denver, it has been so fucking cold, you guys. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but usually, you know, like here, I've only been in Colorado like two years now, so maybe I'm just still not a native, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen every year like they do, but usually, or at least last year, we had like a good two weeks of fall, right? So it was like nice every day. During the day, it was like 72, a nice breeze, nice sunshine, just like perfect weather, like really the perfect day all the way around. But this year, we're not, like we didn't have that. We had nice 72 degree weather for like two or three days, and it was like 47 at night, really chill, not too bad, right? Light jacket, nice long pants, you're you're good, you're chill. But the thing is, we had like two or three of those days where it was like 72, 47 at night. And then now it's been like 50 degrees, 55 during the day, which still isn't terrible if the sun is out here since, you you know, you're technically closer to the sun. But the problem is it's been like 36 degrees at night and in the morning. So I walked outside to go to my car or something the other morning, did not realize it was 36 degrees fucking degrees outside walk outside and like just a long sleeve t-shirt and like some really thin ass pajama pants no socks so I walk outside to my car and I'm like what is that what's that tiktok song guys or tiktok what's that tiktok song guys where it goes what the fuck is this that's literally that was my mood walking to my car I walked outside and I was like what the actual fuck is this like I don't check my weather app every day I'm not one of those people like I feel like when I was going to work every day, I was doing that because, you know, you want to make sure that you wear something appropriately for the day, like whether it's going to be hot or cold. But I've been home every day, so I haven't had to do that. So literally, my fucking mood was like, what the actual fuck is this? It's like 36 degrees out here. I barely have anything on, not a coat, nothing. So needless to say, that's a big part of the reason that I'm not going out during the winter here is because it's freezing I just left, I just got back from the store a little bit ago getting a drink and there's hella people outside right now. It's Friday night, understandable, at the bars and stuff. I live near a lot of bars. There's hella people outside right now and I'm just like driving by in my nice warm car. Like what the fuck are you guys doing? Like you, you guys are all going to get a sinus infection. Like something is going to happen. It's not normal that it was like 70 the other day and now it's 32. No, no. So anyways, that was my little complaining for the episode because I literally just got back from the store getting a drink and it is so cold outside and I just could not fathom why all these people were outside. But I hope wherever you guys are, it's warm, you're having a nice time out at the bar, the movies, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. But me, I'm sitting here recording this for you guys and I'm perfectly fine with that and very content. So... We've got a couple things to discuss on today's episode. The case that we're going to be covering today is Mia Marcano. I'm sure a lot of you probably heard about this case as well. Maybe not as many of you because it didn't go viral until 
basically the Gabby Petito case blew up is when this case basically started to get the recognition that it deserved. So this is the case that we're going to discuss today. But before we do jump into the Mia Marcano case, I do want to discuss something that happened earlier this week. Let me find my little notepad here. Okay, so earlier this week, we got the results of Gabby Petito's cause of death. Now, this was a live news conference with the coroner, and I watched it live, literally got on Facebook, found it on some news channel that was streaming it and watched it live, like, from the time it started to the time it ended. I watched the entire thing. I think it was about, like, I don't know, don't quote me, about, like, 30 minutes or so because he tells you the cause of death, releases his statement, basically tells us that he's not going to release any more information besides the cause of death because it still is an open investigation and as a coroner it's not his job you know to comment on anything revolving the investigation suspects whatever he's only strictly allowed to comment on the cause of death and his investigation on the body so even though the coroner does have information obviously as to what her body did look like or different conditions that it might have been in when he did his investigation he still can't technically release that information because the FBI still has this in case as an open investigation. That could be crucial to the investigation because it's still considered evidence. Like that's something that we as people that are yearning for more information are probably not going to know or have any idea about until trial, if there is one, if they ever find Brian Laundrie. So just crazy just crazy how that works but yeah i watched the entire press conference and he releases that the cause of death was strangulation which is i hate to say it but what i had assumed i assumed that it was either um asphyxiation or blunt force trauma to the head of some sort but he confirmed that it was strangulation and then he says that he's not answering any other questions um pertaining to the investigation or what you know what the body may look like and stuff like that as i mentioned and he takes a couple questions probably for like 15 or 20 minutes from different reporters, different people. Um, and a lot of them had good questions, but a lot of them were just asking about things that he had already said that he couldn't answer. So that was frustrating for them to keep asking the same question when he literally already stated he could not answer that information. So, But what made me laugh is John Walsh like popped up and asked like, I don't know, like three or four questions I want to say. Like, I heard his voice, and I immediately knew it was him. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That, we, we all should have known he was going to do that. But, that, I mean, it's not funny, but it made me laugh just to, like, hear his voice, you know. So, yeah, strangulation. He said that he suspected that her body had been outside for about three to four weeks before it was found, with, which makes sense with, like, the timeline where – you know, all the little social media agents have, like, put together this timeline, basically, of when she went missing, as to when he came back to Florida, and then when he went, quote-unquote, missing. So this three- to four-week period of her being outside makes sense with the timeline of when she, you know, last spoke to her mom, or, like, last anybody's last proof of actually speaking to her rather than a text message. So... I thought that that was interesting, that it fit the timeline perfectly. And another thing that happened is that the coroner is speaking. You know, he's telling people that he can't answer any kind of questions about the investigation or what he thinks or who he thinks have may have had anything to do with it. But he does mention 
domestic abuse when he's speaking on the case. Like, he compared this situation to other domestic abuse situations. He was like, you know, the domestic abuse situations like this is what he said. So I do think it's interesting that he accidentally slipped up with that because obviously when you're speaking about domestic abuse, you're speaking about a significant other and a partner, and she only had one partner who's already suspected of this. So just thought that was interesting. But you guys can find this live news conference, I'm sure, on like YouTube or Facebook or any of the news pages. Um, Definitely watch it. It's like 30 minutes. And I think that's all the information that they've released up to this point so far. There's still been no new leads and maybe where Brian Laundrie is. Um, I think everything is just at a standstill besides the autopsy cause of death being released. He did say, somebody asked him why it took so long for the results to be released. And he did say that he just wanted to make sure that, you know, his results were very thorough. So he contacted other professionals and had them do their personal investigations as well. So definitely go find that video. Watch. Oh, and he also said that she was not pregnant for anybody listening. She was not pregnant. So that rumor is officially laid to rest completely. And her toxology report came back clean, he said. Sorry, guys. My notes are kind of messy. So, yeah, not pregnant. Toxology report came back completely clean. So to those are all interesting aspects go find that press conference watch it let me know what you guys think about it let me know what you think about the questions asked and yeah hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline okay so like i mentioned the case that we're going to be discussing today is mia marcano and I don't know, like I mentioned, if all of you listening to this have heard of the case or if you haven't, but I definitely want to make sure that we discuss this because, guys, it's important to talk about more than just white girls that go missing. And don't get me wrong, like Gabby Petito, I definitely thought that was crucial to discuss. That's why I did. No woman should go missing at all. But we need to be talking about all races, all people going missing, like not just the people that the media blow up. Like we really need to be trying to spread awareness to all these cases. So that's why I did feel as it was super crucial to talk about this case as well. Okay, so Mia Marcano went missing less than a week after Gabby Petito did. Despite similarities in age, Florida residency, and similar tragic fates, the two cases have drawn comparisons, with critics also noting the difference in media coverage between Mia Marcano and the the thousands of women of color who go missing each year. In the context around missing white woman syndrome, we're we're definitely seeing more cases of women of color getting more attention. Danielle Slakoff, an assistant professor at Sacramento State, whose research focuses on media portrayals of women and girls as victim and offenders, told insiders. Told insider. Mia, who was a 19-year-old student at Valencia College in Orlando, Florida, had been missing September 24th before authorities found what they believed to be her body over the weekend. Authorities named Armando Manuel Caballero, a maintenance worker at the Arden Villas apartments where Mia lived and worked, 
He was found dead from apparent suicide on September 27th. Okay, so before we get too much into my other notes, I want to go over the timeline, just kind of like what happened throughout this entire investigation. Um, It's just kind of insane. Like, this poor woman worked at this apartment complex that she lived at. So she lived there, worked there, you know, in the front office. They have, you know, a bunch of people that work in apartment complexes front office. So that's where she worked. Goes home doesn't think anything of it like she's supposed to feel safe this is where she works and where she lives and you're telling me a maintenance worker somehow let let's let's go through the timeline let's go through the timeline okay so we're going back to friday september 24th like i said this is the day that mia marcano initially goes missing and this is the timeline we're gonna go through it so 2.14 p.m., Orange County Sheriff's Office said that the deadbolt to Mia's apartment was opened by an, on, by an on-call maintenance key fob known to be in Cavalero's possession. At 3 p.m., this is the last time that Cavalero tells deputies that he saw Mia. He worked as a maintenance worker at the apartment complex where she lived and worked. He was not considered to be a person of interest when investigators first spoke to him. 4.30 p.m. that day, a maintenance master key fob was used to enter Mia's apartment, and he was known to have access to a master key fob, according to investigators. And at 4.30, this is about 30 minutes before Mia gets off of work, guys. So somehow he knows, you know, when she's getting off work. Like, he knows she works in the office, what time the office closes probably, and he knows. So he uses this master key fob to open the apartment. He's done this twice now already. Wanted to test it out the first time is what it seems to me. 5 p.m. This is when Mia's last seen leaving her shift at the leasing office, according to investigators. 5.52 p.m. Caballero's vehicle leaves the apartment complex, according to deputies. 7.01. Caballero places a fake maintenance call. 7.11 p.m. Caballero contacts apartment office staff and asks to be let in the gate. Deputy said he did this as an attempt to establish an alibi. Which is a hundred percent. Like he asked to be let in, fakes a maintenance call, wants to act like he's been there working, like nothing's happened, he's been in somebody else's apartment type shit, you know. Seven sixteen PM. Someone uses Mia's key fob to swipe the exterior lock to her apartment, but no one enters the apartment. 7.38 p.m. Caballero leaves the area of the apartment complex in his vehicle. So 8.20 p.m. to 8.40 p.m., Caballero's phone is at or nearby Timber Scan Apartment where he left Mia's body, according to the deputies. 9.23 p.m., Mia's mother calls Orange County Sheriff's Office to report that she could not reach Mia. 9.42 p.m., Deputy dispatched to Arden Villas and arrive at at 10.02 p.m. to check on the well-being of Mia. 10.30 p.m., Mia... Mia misses her flight home to Fort Lauderdale, according to her father. So I didn't mention that, but she did have a flight home to go visit family, and she was supposed to leave after work that day, so misses her flight, basically. 
They're not able to reach her. She misses her flight. They know something's up, as you would. So Saturday, September 25th, 1.36 a.m., Mia is entered as a missing person by Orange County Sheriff's Office. 3.45 a.m., the family of Mia Marcano had a confrontation with Armado Caballero in which he insists that he had nothing to do with the victim's disappearance. The interaction is recorded on a cell phone by one of the family members. 8.47 a.m. Officers with the Castleberry Police Department respond to Caballero's apartment after a call from Mia's family reported Caballero was seen with a glove, backpack, and a pink blanket, which supposedly belonged to Mia. 9.52 a.m. Castleberry officers stand by while Mia's family looks through Caballero's apartment with his permission. 3 p.m. Caballero leaves his apartment and this is the last time that he is seen. Because remember, I stated in the beginning that he commits suicide. 4.30 p.m. Detectives consider Caballero a suspect in Mia's disappearance. So this is like an hour and a half later that they dictate this after they just let him leave basically 5:44 p.m. Orange County detectives secure Caballero's apartment as they write a search warrant to submit to a judge 5:53 p.m. the Orange County Sheriff's office released a missing per a missing persons bulletin for Mia 9:35 the last text message is sent from Caballero's phone so Sunday, we're going to Sunday morning now at 1.30 in the morning. Detectives execute a search warrant on Caballero's apartment. At 4 p.m., New 6 sees helicopters flying over, searching a wooded area behind Arden Villa's apartments. 6 p.m., Mia's family gathers for prayer to bring the woman home. Monday, September 27th at 10.30 a.m., Seminole County deputies discover Armando discover Armando Caballero dead from an apparent suicide. Mina said deputies had been searching for Caballero through the weekend and had secured a warrant for his arrest on a, bur on a burglary charge. Ugh, why did I say that so weird? On a burglary charge based on information that a maintenance master key fob had been used to enter Mia's apartment. 3 p.m. Mina announced Caballero is dead. He adds that the search for Marcano continues. Caballero's car is brought to the Orange County Sheriff's Office to be searched for clues. Tuesday, September 28th at 10 a.m. Family and friends set out to search for Mia. They began their search at the Sable Park apartment complex in Seminole County where Caballero was found dead. Teams also searched near Colonial Landing and Blanchard Park. Volunteers hand out flyers with Mia's picture and details about her disappearance. At 1 p.m., Orange County Sheriff's deputies return to Sable Club to look in the wooded area around the apartment complex. At 3.49, Arden Villas released a statement about Mia's disappearance and they changed the company's plans to make an order to protect the residents. And this is what they say. After a thorough review of the ongoing reporting on the situation surrounding Ms. Marcano, we would like to provide the following factual updates. Regarding our hiring process, all potential employees are vetted through a National Background Check Services provider. Concerning Mr. Caballero specifically, 
No records of either burglary or sexual assault were found, and rumors to the contrary appear to be based on online documents referencing someone else with the same name. As part of the onboarding process, all new employees undergo thorough sexual harassment training, covering aspects from recognizing what qualifies as inappropriate to how to report unwanted behavior. We take all accusations very seriously, but receive none from any parties involved directly or indirectly with the situation. To ensure nothing like this happens again in Arden Villas, we are taking numerous proactive steps to enhance our security protocols. We immediately repositioned a guard to the front gate to document all residents and guests entering and leaving the premises. Additionally, we have upgraded our maintenance procedures to allow for appointment-only bookings. We are in the process of reviewing our entire security apparatus and will make changes or upgrades as warranted. Again, we implore anyone with any information regarding either Mrs. Marcano and or Mr. Caballero as it relates to this situation, please contact the Orange County Sheriff's Office and then they leave their number. So they released this statement. Which is just, I have a, like, just so many opinions on this maintenance man thing. Like, and I feel like as a woman, any of you who have lived on your own, who have, I remember my first apartment, the maintenance people would come in randomly. Like, they would say that they need to check this or that. Or, like, if I had called about something, like, they wouldn't tell me they were coming. They would just walk in. Like, I, they would knock, I guess. But if I was sleeping or something, then they would just come in. So that's my problem. Like, none of that needs to be a thing. Like, the fact that any any maintenance worker feels so freely that they can just walk in an apartment like oh my gosh bro like just especially knowing these women live alone like oh oh my god just it should have never been a thing in the first place they should not like okay so at 7 p.m that same day family and friends grab Family and friends gather for a prayer vigil at Arden Villa's apartment complex. More than 50 people come out to the event. So Wednesday, September 29th, about 9.43 a.m., Orange County deputies gathered at Ruby Tuesday's restaurant across the street from the Arden Villas on University Boulevard as day five of the search for Mia continued. Family said the search included a wooded area around rivers and lakes near the Arden Villas apartment and within a 30-mile radius. And that same night, the family and friends gathered for another prayer vigil. So Thursday, September 30th, search teams arrive at Arden Villas as the search for Mia continues. Day 6 now, Orange County deputies are expected to ramp up their search effort at the apartment complex. Residents at the Arden Villas apartment said they received notice that law enforcement officers will be entering all occupied garages and store units on Thursday. 9.30 that morning, an independent search group called Marco Patriots come out of Arden Villas. The group of about 10 people with a search and rescue dog is not affiliated with the Orange County Sheriff's Office. 2 p.m., Orange County Sheriff John Mina provided an update on the search efforts for Marcano. The sheriff revealed that the search area now includes parts of Valencia County. He added that there are 60 detectives dedicated to the search and that the FBI is providing technology resources to aid in search efforts. 
So Friday, October 1st at 7.48 a.m., the Orange County Sheriff's Office arrived to resume search efforts. As of 4 p.m. that day, Crimeline was offering a reward of up to $15,000 for anyone who knew the whereabouts of Mia. Saturday, October 2nd, at about 1.20 p.m., Orange County Sheriff John Mina announces a body believed to be Mia Marcano was found near Timber Scan condominiums. 7.30 p.m. that night, family and friends gather at Arden Villa Apartments to mourn the loss of Mia Marcano. Tuesday, October 5th, at about 10.45 a.m., the medical examiner positively identified the body found on October 2nd as Mia Marcano. The news release did not specify how the 19-year-old died. Wednesday, October 6th, at about 9.52 a.m., the Marcano family attorney confirmed that Mia Marcano was found bound with tape around her feet and wrist and covering her mouth. At 11.09 a.m., the Marcano family released cell phone footage showing a confrontation between them and Caballero in which the man denies having anything to do with Mia Marcano's disappearance. So Caballero's cell phone records led authorities to the area where the body believed to be Mia's was discovered, and as I mentioned, that was ID'd. So according to authorities, Caballero had expressed interest in Mia several times, but she repeatedly turned him down multiple times. A detail expert say highlights how pervasive sexual harassment is and the necessity of greater education for boys and men that no means no. Absolutely. It's about safety and not being able to guarantee our safety in our own homes. Kristen Riddle, founder of Check the Vibes magazine, a culture magazine that provides resources to help people of color travel safely, told Insider. Mia did everything right. She did what we're all told. Just keep walking. Say no. But that's not what's going to fix everything. Her saying no was fatal. Unique Jones Gibson, founder of Because of Them We Can, which is a media platform dedicated to telling stories about black communities, tells Insider that sexual harassment is so common, it's been so normalized, and that the marginalization and misogyny black women face has only made her more determined to speak up against it. As a black woman, I have to speak up, Jones Gibson says. There isn't an option not to because this is something I've dealt with that I don't want my daughter dealing with. I know what it's like to have a man express interest and then to play multiple scenarios over in my head about how I should decline their advance or in a way that won't anger or upset them or cause them to do something crazy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jones Gibson added that she's heard countless horror stories over this. She recalls an instance when she was walking home after a college internship when a car full of guys pulls up and start driving alongside her. The guy keeps saying, hey girl, hey girl, hey girl, and I ignored him, Jones, recalled, Jones Gibson recalled. 
He pulled the car over and started to cuss at me and ask if I heard him talking to me. It was just a sense of entitlement in that moment that made me realize I had to be careful every time I go out. Jones Gibson emphasizes the need of teaching young boys that no means no and that the lack of a confident or enthusiastic yes means no too. Which is just so crazy. I like what she says in the beginning of her statement where she's like, you know, this is something that's just like so common and so normal to people now because it's been normalized in our society. And it's so sad because when you speak with women, like a lot of the women I know have had something happen to them. Me, thankfully, I have not. And I am so thankful every day for that. But the fact that I even have to be thankful for that is sad. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, that's how normal it is. Like, I'm so thankful this hasn't happened to me because that's how normalized it is in our society. And it's just, it's the truth. Like, it's so hard, like, to go out as a woman and just and just not know, like, who you're around. Like, the monsters, you know what they say, walk among us. You don't know, like, what kind of individual you're around, like, or if somebody's going to pull up in a car like this or any kind of situation so it's just horrifying like uh just to even know that the police didn't take stuff like sexual harassment seriously until like not even that long ago like that that's bad you know guys you guys know what i'm saying like that's that's how tough it is like that uh. as some of the media coverage has focused on mia's rebuffs of caballero's advances so Slakoff urges people not to victim blame her, especially since reporting stalking and harassment is incredibly difficult. Mia had the right to say no to this person and no is a complete sentence, Slakoff said, adding that research suggests that people who are stalked often feel like they had no way to stop it because unless something physical happens, it can be difficult to get the police involved. And that 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 was my point is what I was saying, like. Unless something happens, they don't care. And then a lot of the times, even when something does happen, like, they find a way to justify it. Like, not every situation is like that, but a lot of them are. And that's why women have been afraid to report in the past, is all I'm trying to say. They tell people who were experiencing this to document everything, but it's so difficult because they're already really scared. And you're asking someone who's already scared and potentially in danger to go through this step of documenting everything, she explains. According to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, 80% of women have experienced, 80% of U.S. women have reported experience some form of sexual harassment or assault in their lifetime. I think all women have experienced some sort of sexual harassment, like in a workplace, in public, at school, like wherever you are. I hope, I hope not, like, ugh, the assault, oh, the assault just breaks my heart because I just know so many people that have been sexually assaulted and it just, it's not just women, like that's the bad thing, it's men and women, like it's just, ugh, it's awful. Suck. Such sexual harassment and assault can lead to fatalities. Per the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, more than 70% of murder-suicides involve an intimate partner. And nearly 95% of those, 95% guys, 95% of those victims of murder-suicides are women. Though gender-based violence cuts across racial, social, and economic lines, data suggests that women of color, particularly black women, 
are more affected by it. The Institute for Women's Policy Research stated that black women face higher rates of intimate partner violence, with more than 4 in 10 black women facing this kind of violence throughout their lifetimes. A 2014 report from the CDC reaffirms these findings. Per the report, nearly 25% of American Indian and Alaska Native women, approximately 22% of multiracial women, and about 16% of non-Hispanic white women experience stalking at some point in their lives. <sighs> wow. So I definitely, that that's, that's all my notes, guys, if you can't tell. I usually take a deep breath at the end, I feel like, you know, just to release the bad energy. Release the bad energy. Um... Yeah, those, that was Mia Marcano. If there's any more information regarding the investigation or any kind of funds that we can donate to help her family, I will definitely speak about that in next episodes, but I'll link the GoFundMe and stuff in the show notes if I can find that by the time this episode is posted. So make sure that you're looking out for that, please. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just awful. It's awful that people it's awful when people don't feel safe in general but that's awful that this is so common in a good per, in a good portion of the time it's to women so as a woman I obviously don't stand that and don't like that um, I'll be linking some resources where you guys can find more information on sexual harassment sexual assault organizations that you can do, go to um any kind of resources where you can learn more information on statistics or listen to survivor stories, all of that will be in the show notes. So please make sure that you look out for that. Go click on it. It's definitely important, especially as a woman, if you're listening to this, to, you know, listen to people's stories. And if it hasn't happened to you, just know that, like I mentioned, even though it's just so weird to even say this, but be thankful that you know you're fortunate to not have been in a situation like that in your life but also be open and loving and understanding towards the ones that have whether they've spoken about it or not so I guess that's my best piece of advice to you guys but please make sure to go look up any more information on the Mia Marcano case that you guys can let me know what you find let me know of any other cases like this that you guys want me to talk about or maybe any survivor stories where, you know, it happens, but they're able to talk about it now kind of thing. I don't know if you guys watch I Survived, but a lot of cases like this are on I Survived and they're fucking insane. Like the strength these women have, like it's just unreal. So I definitely recommend that TV show. Go find some of these on there. I'll definitely do an I Survived one day on the podcast because those stories are just powerful, powerful, powerful. So, <sighs> yeah, that kind of drained me. Can you guys tell? I hate that. I hate when anything happens to bad people. But, like, you know, I love my women. So, <sighs> rest in peace, sweet baby Mia. You're so young. So crazy. Like, when you're 19, like, you just feel... Like, you're so old and, like, you know everything. And now being older, like, I'm thinking about being 19 again. So young. 
I didn't know anything. That's like the year after you graduate high school. Like you're really experience, experiencing everything for like the first time on your own and like learning and like having first time experiences and every aspect like, oh, poor baby, poor baby angel. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you got into the end of the episode, you guys know I just like to babble at the end. So enjoy the rest of your weekends. Wherever you are, I hope it's warm. My toes are cold right now, so I know I need to get off and go put some freaking socks on. Halloween is right around the corner. Let me know what you guys are going to be for Halloween. If you have any cool costumes or any ideas that you're going to do. I have a couple, but I'm not telling them because I don't want anybody to steal them. After I take my Instagram pictures, you can take them all you want. All right, guys. Well, again, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out the podcast at Suspect Podcast on Instagram. If you want to reach out to me about anything, really, any stories, any kind of ideas, case ideas, that's going to be suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com. If any of you are listening, want to sponsor me or work with me, that's the same email that you can send. or That's the same email that you can reach out to me on. I appreciate all of you so much. I hope that you're staying safe and healthy and you're ready to move into the holiday season. I know I am. I've already started listening to Christmas music. I'm not going to lie. All right. I'll leave you guys with that. Go listen to your favorite Christmas album right after you turn this podcast off. That is what I'm challenging you to do this week. 